0: Chapter 8 Taking the Bastille. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Taking the Bastille by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter 8 Pitou discovers he is brave. The street appeared void and lonesome to Billet and his friend, because the cavalry, in chase of the hires, had gone through the market and scattered after them in the side streets. But as the pair got nearer the Palais Royal, calling out in a hoarse voice by instinct, Revenge! Men began to appear in doorways, up cellars, out of alleys, from the carriage gateways, mute and frightened at the first but when assured that the horse-soldiers had gone on forming the procession anew they repeated in a low tone but soon in a loud one revenge pitou marched behind the farmer carrying the savoyard's cap thus the mournful and ghastly cortege arrived on palais royal place where a concourse drunk with wrath were holding council and soliciting the french troops to help them against the foreign ones what are these men in uniform inquired billet in front of a company standing under arms to bar the road from the palace main doors to chartres street the french guards answered several voices "'Oh!' said the countryman, going nearer and showing the body of the Savoyard, which was lifeless now, "'are you Frenchmen, and let us be murdered by foreigners?' The guardsmen shrank back a step involuntarily. "'Dead?' uttered several. "'Dead, murdered, along with lots more, by the royal German dragoons. Did you not hear the charging cry, the shots, the sword slashes, and the shrieks of the defenseless?' Yes, shouted two or three hundred voices, the people were cut down on Vendome Square. And so are you, the people, shouted Billet to the soldiers. It is cowardice of you to let your brothers be hacked to pieces. Cowardice? muttered some of the men in the ranks threateningly. Yes, I said cowardice, and I say it again. Look here. "'Billet went on, taking three steps toward the point where the protest had risen. "'Perhaps you will shoot me down to prove that you are not cowards?' "'That is all very good,' said a soldier. "'You are an honest, blunt fellow, my friend, but you are citizens and you do not understand that soldiers are bound by orders.' Do you mean to say, said Billet, that if you receive orders to fire on us, unarmed men, that you, the successors of the guards who, at Fontenoy, bade the English shoot first, would do that? I wager I would not, said the soldier. Nor I, nor I, echoed several of his comrades. Then stop the others firing on us, continued Billet. "'to let the royal Germans cut our throats is tantamount to doing it yourselves.' "'The dragoons! Here come the dragoons!' yelled many at the same time, as the gathering began to retire over the square to get away up Richelieu Street. At a distance, but approaching, they heard the clatter of heavy cavalry. To arms! Two arms!' cried the runaways plague on you said billet throwing down the dead savoyard lend us your guns if you will not use them hold on till you see whether we won't use them said the soldier whom billet had addressed as he snatched back the musket which the farmer had torn from his grip bite your cartridges boys and make the austrians bite the dust if they interfere with these good fellows "'Aye, they shall see,' said the soldiers, carrying their hands from the cartridge-boxes to their mouths. "'Thunder!' muttered billet, stamping his foot. "'Why did I not bring my old duck-gun along? "'But one of these pesky Austrians may be laid out, "'and I can get his carbine.' "'In the meantime,' said a voice, "'take this gun. It is ready loaded.' A stranger slipped a handsome fowling-piece into Bill's hands. At this very instant the dragoons rushed into the square, upsetting everybody they ran against. The officer, commanding the French guards, came out three steps to the front. "'Hallo, you gentlemen of the heavy dragoons!' he called out. "'Halt, please!' Whether the cavalry did not hear him, or did not want to hear him, or again were carried on by the impetus of a charge too violent to check, The Germans wheeled by a half turn to the right, and trampled down an old man and a woman, who disappeared under the hoofs. "'Fire!' roared Billet. "'Why don't you fire?' He was near the officer, and the order might have been taken as coming from him. Anyway, the French guards carried their muskets to the shoulder, and delivered a volley which stopped the dragoons short here gentlemen of the guards said a german officer coming before the squadron thrown into disorder do you know you are firing on us yes by heaven we know it and you shall know it too so billet retorted taking aim at the speaker and dropping him with the shot Thereupon, the reserve rank of the guards made a discharge, and the Germans, seeing that they had trained soldiery to deal with, and not citizens who broke and fled at the first shot, pulled round and made off for Vendôme Square in the midst of a formidable outburst of hoots and cheers of triumph, so that some horses broke loose and smashed their heads against the store shutters. "'Hurrah for the French guards!' shouted the multitude." hurrah for the guards of the country said billet thank you said a soldier we are given the right name and christened with fire i have been under fire too said pitou and it is not as dreadful as i imagined it now who owns this gun queried billet examining the rifle which was a costly one my master answered the man who had lent him it and who wore the orleans livery "'He thinks you use it too handsomely to have to return it.' "'Where is your master?' demanded the farmer. The servant pointed to a half-open blind, behind which the prince was watching what happened. "'Is he with us, then?' "'With heart and soul for the people,' replied the domestic. "'In that case, three cheers again for the Duke of Orléans,' said the farmer. "'Friends, the Duke of Orléans is on our side. Three cheers for the Duke.' He pointed upwards, and the prince showed himself for an instant while he bowed three times to the shouting. Short as was the appearance, it lifted enthusiasm to the utmost. "'Break open the gunsmiths!' shouted a voice in the turbulence. "'Let us go to the invalid soldier's hospital,' added some old veterans. "'General Sombrol has twenty thousand muskets there.' "'And to the city hall!' exclaimed others. "'Flessel, provost of the traders, has the keys for the town guard's armory, "'and he must give them up.' "'To the hall!' bellowed a fraction of the assemblage. "'All flowed away in one or the other of the three directions called out. "'During this time the dragoons had rallied around Baron Besenval "'and Prince Lambesque on Louis XV Square.' Billet and Pitou were unaware of this as they followed none of the parties and were left pretty well alone on Palais Royal Square. Well, where are we off to, dear Master Billet? inquired Ange Pitou. I should like to follow the crowd, replied the other, not to the gunmaker's, as I have a first-rate gun, but to the city hall or the military asylum. "'Still, as we came to town not to fight, "'but to learn Dr. Gilbert's address, "'I think we ought to go to Louis the Great's college, "'where his son is. "'When I shall have got through with the doctor, "'we can jump back into the chafing dish.' "'His eyes flashed lightnings. "'This course seems logical to me,' observed the young peasant. "'So take some weapon, gun or sword, "'from those beer-drinkers lying there,' said the farmer, "'pointing to half a dozen dragoons on the pave.' and let us go to the college but these weapons are not mine but the king's objected pitou they are the people's corrected billet whereupon the other who knew the speaker was incapable of wronging a man to the extent of a mustard seed went up to the nearest corpse with multiplied caution and making sure he was lifeless he took his musket cartridge-box and sabre He wanted to take his hamlet, but had his doubts about the defensive armor being confiscatable, like the offensive arms. While deliberating, he listened towards Vendôme Square. "'It seems to me that the royal Germans are coming back again,' he said. Indeed, a troop of horse was heard coming at the walking gate. "'Quick, quick, they are returning,' said Pitou. Billet looked around to see what means of resistance were offered, but the place was almost deserted. Let us be off, said he. He went down Chartres Street, followed by Pitou, who dragged the sabre after him by the scabbard straps, not knowing how it ought to be hooked up, till Billet showed him. You look like a traveling tinker, he said. On Louis Fifteenth Square they met the column, started off to go over the river to the Invalides, but stopped short. The bridges and the Champs-Élysées were blocked. Try the Tuileries Garden Bridge, suggested Billet. It was quite a simple proposition. The mob accepted it and followed Billet, but swords shining halfway to the gardens indicated that cavalry intercepted the march to that bridge. "'These confounded dragoons are everywhere,' grumbled the farmer. "'I believe we are caught,' said his friend. "'Nonsense! Five or six thousand men are to be caught, and we are that strong.' The dragoons came forward slowly, but it was an advance. "'The Royale Street is left us,' said Billet. "'Come this way, Ange.' "'But a line of soldiers shut this street up. "'It looks as though you were right,' said the countryman.' alas sighed ange who had followed him like his shadow all his regret at not being wrong was shown in the single word by the tone it was spoken in by its clamour and motion the mob showed that it was no less sensible than he about the quandary all were in indeed by a skilful manoeuvre prince lambesque had encircled the rioters in a bow of iron the cord being represented by the tuileries garden wall hard to climb over and the drawbridge railing almost impossible to force billet judged that the position was bad still being a cool fellow full of resources when the emergency arose he looked round him seeing a pile of lumber by the riverside he said i have a notion pitou come along billet went up to a beam and took up one end making a nod to his followers as much as to say take your end of it pitou was bent on helping his leader without questioning he had such trust in him that he would have gone down into Chiol without grumbling on the length of the road or how the heat increased as they got on the pair returned to the waterside walk carrying a burden which half a dozen ordinary men would have sunk under strength is always an object of admiration to the crowd although very closely packed way was made for the peasants catching an idea of the work ahead some men walked before the joist carriers calling out clear the way there "'I say, Father Billet, are we to make a long job of this?' asked Pitou, when they had gone some thirty strides. "'Up to that gateway.' "'I can go it,' replied the young man laconically, as he saw it was about as much farther, and the crowd, having an inkling of the plan, cheered them. Besides, some helped to carry, and the beam went on much more rapidly. In five minutes they stood before the gates. "'Now then, heave!' "'And all together,' said B. A. "'I understand,' said Pitou. "'This is what the ancient Romans called a battering-ram. "'The piece of timber set going was banged with a terrible blow against the gate-lock. "'The military on guard within the gardens ran to check this inroad, "'but at the third swing the gates yielded and the multitude flowed into the dark gap.' by the movement prince Lambesc perceived that the netted rioters had found an outlet rage mastered him to see his prisoners escape he started his horse forward to learn what was the matter when his men thinking he was leading a charge followed him closely the horses were heated with their recent work and could not be restrained thirsting for retaliation for their check on palais royal square the men did not probably try hard to restrain them the prince seeing that it was impossible to stop the movement let himself be carried away and a shriek of frightful intensity from women and children rose to heaven as a claim for its vengeance a dreadful scene took place in the gloom the victims went mad with pain while they who charged were mad with fury a kind of defense was organized, and chairs were flung at the cavalry. Struck on the head, Prince Lambesque replied with a sword cut, without thinking that he was striking the innocent for the guilty. An old man was sent to the ground. billet saw this, and he uttered a shout. At the same time he took aim with his rifle, and the prince would have been killed but for his horse having reared at the very instant. It received the bullet in the neck and died instantly. The fallen prince was believed slain, and the dragoons rushed into the Tuileries' gardens, firing their pistols at the fugitives. But they, having plenty of room, dodged behind the trees. Billet tranquilly reloaded his fowling-piece. "'You are right, Pitou. We have come to town on time,' he said. "'And I think I am becoming brave.' remarked Pitou, standing the pistol-fire of a horseman and spilling him out of the saddle with his musketoon. It is not so hard as I thought. That's so, replied the other, but useless bravery is bravado. Come along, and don't let your sword trip you up. Wait for me, Father Billet, for I do not know Paris like you do, and without you I shall go astray.' Come, come, said the farmer, leading him along the river terrace, until they had distanced the troops advancing by the quays as rapidly as they could to help the Lambesque dragoons if needed. At the end of the terrace he sat on the parapet and jumped down on the embankment running along the river. Pitou did the same. End of chapter 8